is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Hi everybody, thank you so much for being with us today. So good to have you here on Jubilee Online. We uh, come now to look at the next passage in our series in the book of Daniel. My last preach was from Daniel chapter 2, looking at Nebuchadnezzar's dream of a statue. Maybe you remember it. If you missed it, you can catch up online. All the talks in the series are available both on video and also audio. Uh, after that, uh, Matt spoke from Daniel chapter 3, and then today we get to Daniel 4, and we find another dream. And uh, there's another dream that Nebuchadnezzar has, and I'm seeing a bit of a trend here for my, my preachers in this series. But this is what we're going to look at today in Daniel chapter 4. So, it starts off as a first-person account of what's happened and is maybe 20 or 30 years after the events of Daniel chapter 3. And if you're anything like me, you'd love to know what's gone on in that time, in that intervening period. What's happened? What has Nebuchadnezzar been doing? What's Daniel and his friends been doing? What has life been like? Well, sadly, Scripture doesn't tell us that. But it does tell us some things that we need to learn here in Daniel chapter 4. So we get to another dream and uh, this again is not great news for the king. Up to now Nebuchadnezzar has encountered God through other people, through Daniel, through his friends Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar has learnt about and encountered the living God through these people. But we know that encountering God through others isn't actually enough. We need to encounter God for ourselves. And that's exactly what happens to Nebuchadnezzar here in chapter 4. Maybe you, as you're watching here today, maybe, maybe you grew up in a Christian family. Maybe you'd had those around you, perhaps family or friends, who would describe themselves as a Christian. But maybe you haven't had that personal encounter with the Lord for yourself. Well, I want to encourage you, maybe today is your day when you can encounter God for yourself. Knowing God through others, hearing about him, encountering him through other people is a great introduction. But it's not enough. You need to know God for yourself. That's true for you. It's true for me. And it's true here for Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 4. So if today you've only ever met God through other people, I want you to consider as you watch this short talk now, maybe God wants to encounter you today. Maybe today is your day of salvation, as the Bible puts it. I want to encourage you, open your heart to the Lord and see what he has for you today in these moments. Why don't we pray together before we get into the passage anymore? Heavenly Father, we thank you for what we're learning through the book of Daniel, learning about a different way of living. And I pray today, Lord, that you would teach us, you would speak to us from your word, 
and you would help us to learn the lessons that we need to learn from this passage, this chapter in Daniel. So speak to our hearts now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you've been with us recently, you'll know that this series is called Daniel, A Different Way of Living. And right now, I guess all of us are living a very different life to the one we probably imagined we would be living in the middle of 2020. I mean, certainly if anybody a few years ago had predicted what would life be like in 2020, they would have been way off the mark compared to what life is like for most of us right now. For us here in the UK, uh, we're not in such a strict lockdown uh, as we were just a few weeks and months ago, but we're still limited as to what we can do, the places that we can go to and how we can spend our recreation time and uh, even shopping. We now need to wear a face mask and so on. Obviously, for us as a church, there are still restrictions which are very relevant to us, which is why at the moment we don't feel it's right for us to meet together corporately as a church family. I know many of you are missing that terribly. I am. Just the experience of seeing friends and family, seeing brothers and sisters in the Lord, worshipping God together, praying for one another, encouraging one another in person. We are missing all that, but it will come back it will, really will return. But right now, we still feel it's the safest thing to do to carry on meeting online. So there are restrictions for us, and it is an unusual time for us. But Daniel as a book has lots to teach us about living in an unusual time, living a different way, as we've talked about. Now, in chapter 4, right at the beginning here, we, we find Nebuchadnezzar himself telling the story of what's happened to him, how he has come to encounter God personally. Let's pick it up in the first, in verses 2 and 3 rather, of Daniel chapter 4. Nebuchadnezzar says this, he says, It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. What has happened to him has unsurprisingly had a profound effect upon him. Now, I guess that shouldn't really surprise us, should it? If the God of heaven, the creator, Lord God, who made everything we see around us, the, the earth, the planets, the solar system, the creator of everything we know and everything we don't know and can't see as well, if we, mere mortal human beings, encounter him, really truly encounter him, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen in our hearts. We're going to be changed people. And Nebuchadnezzar most certainly was a changed person, having encountered God for himself. He tells the story how he has another rather troubling dream. And he tells the story as to how Daniel interprets it for him. Now, just as an aside, a few weeks ago I spoke about dreams. We were looking a little bit earlier in the book of Daniel in chapter 2. And my challenge to you, I think then a few weeks ago, was why not pray and ask God to speak to you in dreams? I wonder, did any of you do that? 
did any of you feel that God had spoken to you in a dream? You know, if that's the case, we'd love to hear that. I'd love to hear that. Uh, and, and others would love to hear that as well. Not, not right now, but maybe later on in the meeting, perhaps after I finish speaking, you could pop in the chat window what it is you felt God saying to you. We'd love to be able to hear some of those stories. But as well as looking back, I, I just feel there's another moment in God here today. Maybe today you can pray and ask God to speak to you clearly and powerfully, like we said just a few weeks ago. Whether you prayed it then or not, you know, that's okay. We can pray again today. And I just feel there's grace for this, just in this moment, just that we should, yeah, I think we should pause and pray and ask God to speak once again. Let's, let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you that you are a God who loves to speak. You are a God who loves to communicate with your people. And so today, together, we pray now that, God, you would speak to us. That, God, you would fill our dreams and our sleeping hours with words from heaven and encouragement to our heart. Lord, we pray for sensitive and open hearts to, to hear you speak to us. And Lord, I pray that even this week there will be uh, those who hear you for the first time, those who encounter you for the first time. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let me ask you, what's your story? We read here, and we'll read a little bit more in a moment, about Nebuchadnezzar's story. But before we get to that, what's your story? What's your story? Maybe you're on a journey. Maybe you're exploring faith. Maybe you just saw an advert online and decided to check out our live stream. Maybe a friend or relative encouraged you to, to watch online and see what was going on. You know, if you're just asking questions, if you're on that journey of faith yourself, then I want to thank you for being with us. Thank you for watching our service here today. And uh, I pray that God will speak to you. Thank you for being here. It's great to have you with us. And if you've got any questions, please do feel free to ask. You can hit the live prayer button. If you're watching the, the live version of this, or if you're watching a replay version, then just drop us an email at info at jubilee.org.uk. And one of the team would love to get back to you and, and chat with you more. Maybe that's your story. But maybe your story is different. Maybe, maybe your story is you've been a Christian for a long time. Maybe it's as long as you can remember. Maybe it's years you've been walking with the Lord. I wonder, what's your story? And I don't just mean your story of coming to faith, but rather, what's your current story? What's your story right now? Many of us could give an account of how we became a Christian, how God arrested our hearts, how by the Holy Spirit he led us to himself and we received grace and mercy and we came to put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for ourselves. We recognized his death and resurrection, paying for our sin. We, we could tell that story, but I guess many of us could, but I wonder what's your current story? What's God doing in you right now? What's he challenging you about? What's he encouraging you with? What's he speaking to you about? Maybe, maybe he's teaching you to trust him afresh. 
I guess that's a lesson that not many of us like to learn, but it is a critical lesson we need to learn. Maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe that's your story. God's teaching you to trust him. Maybe he's speaking to you about reordering your priorities. That's another challenging one. Maybe he's got hold of your diary as well as your heart and is aligning the two together with his priorities for your life. Maybe that's your story currently. Maybe he's reminding you that he is your loving Heavenly Father. No matter what your earthly experience of fathering has been like, God is your loving Heavenly Father who loves you, who is for you, who has only the best for you. His plans for you are good, plans to bless you. Maybe that's your story as God is revealing that to your heart. I want to encourage you this week, share your current story with a friend. What's God doing in your life right now? Why not share that with a friend this week? But let's think about Nebuchadnezzar's story. We're here in, in Daniel chapter 4. We're not going to read the whole of it today. We don't have time for that, sadly, but I want to encourage you to read through the whole chapter. If you get a chance, it'll be helpful to understand things in context. But we're going to read a few verses together of Daniel 4. We're going to pick up at verse 10. And it's Nebuchadnezzar describing the dream and the visions that he had. These are the visions, he said, I saw while lying in my bed. I looked and there before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous. The tree grew large and strong and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant and on it was food for all. Under it, the beasts of the field found shelter, and the birds of the air lived in its branches. From it, every creature was fed. In the visions I saw while lying in my bed, I looked, and there before me was a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He called in a loud voice, Cut down the tree and trim off its branches. Strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from under it, and the birds from its branches. But let the stump and its roots, bound with iron and bronze, remain in the ground in the grass of the field. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him live with the animals among the plants of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man, and let him be given the mind of an animal, till seven times pass by for him. The decision is announced by messengers. The holy ones declare the verdict so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets over them the lowliest of men. It's clear from the passage that Daniel realised pretty, pretty quickly what this dream was about. This was not good news for the king. This was God warning him of impending judgment. Nebuchadnezzar himself is the tree and God is about to cut him down. But as so often happens, well, no, as always happens, God gives time for repentance. He gives opportunity to repent. 
Daniel says to him in verse 27, he says, Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. There's an opportunity here for Nebuchadnezzar to repent, to put his house in order before the Lord, to renounce his sins and do what is right. The question is, does he take it? Well, we see in the passage later on in the chapter that all that was predicted in the dream came to pass. A year later, God judges Nebuchadnezzar. He's driven away from his people. He lives with wild animals for seven times, probably means seven years. And then at the end of that time, he acknowledges the Lord God and he's restored to his place as king. So what are the lessons here for us? Well, there are many lessons that we could draw out, but here are just two for us today. I think they're two important ones. The first one is this. Don't put the Lord your God to the test. Don't test him. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says this. Peter says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God does give time for repentance. He does give opportunity for his for repentance. That is his heart that uh, you and I repent and turn to him. He is patient. But listen, friends, don't test him. Don't, as the saying goes, play with fire. Jesus put it like this in Luke chapter 4, verse 12. He's, he's quoting from Deuteronomy 6. He says, it, it said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And let's not test the Lord thinking we'll get away with something. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't put the Lord your God to the test. That's the first lesson. The second lesson for us from this passage we read here is this. Watch out for pride. Watch out for pride. This was the final issue, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, if you like. This was uh, what, what caused Nebuchadnezzar and at moments of time really to harden his heart towards the Lord. A year later, he's in his royal palace looking down over his gardens. We read about it in verses 28 to 30. And Babylon was an amazing place. And his palace probably would have been built on the hillside, maybe uh, overlooking the hanging gardens, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Now, one commentator says that Babylon would have been teeming with life, affluence everywhere, a bit like an ancient Las Vegas. And Nebuchadnezzar looks over this. He looks over the city, over his kingdom. And his heart is filled with pride. Friends, that's dangerous. It is so dangerous. We should honour God and not take praise that should be his. We need to give him reverence. We are creatures. He is the creator. 
Now, we can even be proud of our faith in God. And, you know, I'm a Christian because it makes me better, we might say. Now, that kind of attitude puts God out of reach for us. It hardens our heart towards him and fills us with pride. Pride is so dangerous. It was pride that caused the angel Lucifer to fall and become Satan. In Acts 12, we read about King Herod again falling into pride in a very similar way to that of Nebuchadnezzar. And he's eaten by worms and dies. That's not an outcome that any of us would want. I hope you're not like Lucifer or Nebuchadnezzar or Herod, but there's still a danger here for all of us. We can be like Nebuchadnezzar, especially if our, if our work has brought us some form of success or achievement. We can be proud in what we've done. Now, you might think that it's your hard work or, or your gifts and ability that have brought you something, but actually all you have is a gift from the Lord's. It's enabled you perhaps to do some of those things. Now, even in Christian ministry, there's a danger. You can be proud of what you've achieved, what you've led, who you've served or, or what you've done. Even in Christian work and ministry, there's a danger here. Pride is subtle. It creeps up on you. You don't notice it. It's unexpected. Then suddenly it's gripped your heart. So we need to watch out. We need to guard our hearts, allow others to speak into us, allow those sort of open relationships with other people where they can challenge us lovingly if they see it in us, because it's far easier to see it in others than it is in ourselves. But let's not go around pointing it out in other people. Rather, let's be saying to other people, help me see it in my life. So what's the solution? What's the antidote here? Well, that's easy to answer. It's humility. It's humility. We're called to be humble. Peter puts it like this in his first letter, 1 Peter 5, verses 5 to 7. He says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility. Close yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. James puts it like this in his letter. He says, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Both Peter and James quote, uh, quote from Proverbs 3 where it says that he mocks proud mockers but shows favour to the humble and the oppressed. Do you get the idea? The antidote to pride is humility. It's having a humble heart, having a soft heart before the Lord. So, are you humble? I wonder, how would you answer that? The danger is we could be proud of our humility, isn't it? But how would you answer the question, are you, are you humble? Maybe a better question is, how would your best friends, how would your husband or wife maybe answer that question about you? Would they say that you're a humble person? 
God is more than able to humble you. Just look at what he did to Nebuchadnezzar here. Much better that you humble yourself before the Lord rather than God having to do it for you. A different way of living taken here from Daniel chapter 4 is about living a life of humility. That's what we learn here. That's what Nebuchadnezzar has to learn. It's a painful journey for him to learn that lesson. But indeed, at the end of it, he does. So my question for us as I close is, are we learning that lesson? Are you? Am I? Humility, a, a humble life is, is so different to the culture around us. But it is a way of life that honours God and puts him first. I want to encourage you, friends, be humble. Have a grateful and a humble heart. You know, what can you be grateful for today? How can you remind yourself, remind your own heart that all you have is a gift from him anyway? gift from heaven what can you be grateful for today how how can you retain humility in your own life practically speaking I, I find that worship really helps to orientate my heart in the right way it helps put God back on the throne where he should be it reminds me that he's the one in control not me he is so be a worshiper put God first Put God in his rightful place. Don't put him to the test, but be humble before him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the lessons that we can learn from Nebuchadnezzar here in Daniel chapter 4. And God, we pray now that you would help us with these things. That God, you would help us to keep hearts that are humble and are soft before you. Help us, to humble our, help us to humble ourselves before you so that you don't have to do it for us. We pray, Lord, that we would know your grace in our lives, the help and the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask it, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Just before we finish, I want to invite the Holy Spirit just to help you wherever you are right now. I want to encourage you to open your hearts to him, open your hearts to the Lord. And if there's an area of your life where you know you struggle in this, you know you've got a tendency to be proud and really you put yourself where God should be in your life. I want to pray right now in these moments that the Holy Spirit would come to you and help you. Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is our comforter and our helper and he comes to us in power to enable us to live for you and so i pray right now in these moments lord that holy spirit you would be at work whatever area of life that people today have identified that there's a tendency to be proud in i pray holy spirit come and bring power to live a life of humility and gratitude before the Lord. I pray it and I ask it in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us today.
feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday.